This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Welcome to the show. I've got a legacy episode to share with you. This chat with Einar Selvik from the outfit Wadruna. It took place back in June 2022, and I'm sharing via YouTube for the first time. Now, the catalyst for the chat was the launch of a live album from the group called First Flight of the White Raven. Throughout this chat, of course, we discuss the album's merits and what makes Einar tick. Einar is a supreme talent, I must say. In addition to Wadruna, he also creates music for the Assassin's Creed video game series and has written the score for the streaming series Vikings. So here he is, Einar Seldik. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you laugh, giving you Norwegian. Uh, it's about uh, seven degrees here at the moment, which is probably about the middle of your summers or thereabouts. We are freezing our asses off, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, All right? Yeah, get it's probably cold. warmer here then. It could be. Yeah, I don't oh, know okay. where it's come from. We've got an, an Antarctic wind that's come up, and uh, it's uh, you know we've got a few ski fields down in uh, Victoria, New South Wales. I'm in Queensland, which is actually subtropical, but you wouldn't bloody know it at the moment. No. <laughs> oh. oh well, yeah. it's uh, it's it. Uh, I, I kind of prefer the having having both worlds is 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 good. It makes yeah. you appreciate uh, the warmth more. So. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, how how have the zoomers or the calls? How have the zoomers and the interactions with uh, journalist types been going for this album year? Uh, yeah, it's been going uh, good. Uh, I sort of do it in these uh, in these waves, mm. so um, so it's it's not too bad. Uh, and and of course, it's a it's a practical way of of doing it instead of me having to travel all all the time uh, and and also um well do, doing them on tour uh is not a good thing either because um yeah one of the worst things for, for the voice is actually talking so in between tours i i, I have to try and um yeah do a, do as little of it as possible so yeah. having having uh, these uh, Zoom or Skype runs is uh, is very practical. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah, do you find that people understand what you're doing? Are they asking insightful and intelligent questions? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, of course, it's uh, yeah. A lot of people read up, uh, of course, and and um, mm. and have, have genuine, uh, interesting questions. Uh, of course. Um, for many, for, for a new media who haven't been speaking to me before, mm. it's, uh, it's of course a lot of uh, generic and, and more background. And, and of course, I've, I've yeah. answered those questions a, a couple of times, but uh, uh, or more than a couple of times, I mean, um, <laughs> but it, it's necessary. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. I love what you're doing, by the way. It's something I haven't heard a lot of it, to be quite frank. Uh, I certainly was familiar enough with not you you as an artist, but your music through the through the movies, the, the TV series Vikings. I think that's magnificent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's such a great, great musical accompaniment to the vivid images that have been brought to screen there. So that's the first compliment that I offer you. But something else too, I've been listening to First Flight of the White Raven. You know, this live composition that you put together. 
And listening to that, it helps me go to sleep. It's not that I'm a, you know, not that it's boring, far from it, but it sort of helps you go into that dream state. Is that, is that feedback you've been given before? Absolutely. Uh, some use it, um, uh, some use it more actively. Some use it as, as a more meditative, meditative, uh, thing or, or, uh, um, yeah, as you say, um, mm. ha- helps you calm down or, or focus down in, in a way. Um, mm. and, and some even use it to, um, to, um, yeah, for work or for writing and, and stuff yes. like that. Um, because it, yeah, I guess it, 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 it kind of gives you this, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, focus, uh, gives you a focus in a way or, or mm. yeah, narrows down your, your focus. Well, it's pinpoints. beautifully recorded, though. That's the other thing. It's wonderfully recorded. I can hear everything that's going on. I don't need Air- AirPods or what have you to listen to it. I can listen to it on my iPhone speaker as I'm drifting off. But oh. um, I, I read somewhere, too, that uh, the, what we hear with First Flight of the White Raven, that's actually how it was recorded. There was no overdubs in the studio afterwards or thereabouts. So well, was it always the plan to release a show as a, as a special release like this? Is that why it sounds so musically perfect? Uh, no, uh, that was not the uh, uh, that was not the plan. Um, of course, somewhere there there was a hope that if it if the quality was there and and the energy was there, um, then then of course that potential was there as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, too too often, I I think. Um, well, this is a live in studio recording, basically, uh, mm. you know, but we did in front of camera um, uh, as, as, yeah, what was intended to be the, um, the release concert of, of the Kvitran album. Uh, this was during the pandemic. So, mm. so there, is, there is basically no audience there. And I don't know, uh, these days or, or I guess it's been like that for, for a long time. A, a live recording is very often not very live. Um, mm-hmm. in many cases it's, it's, uh, yeah, a lot of auto tune and re-recordings and, uh, yeah, tracks, overdubs. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I don't know, um, since there is no audience or, or nothing, I, I felt even more so the, the importance of, uh, keeping that energy of, of it being something, something, um, yeah, more real in a way. Um, of course, uh, <laughs> if we had been playing shit, uh, I would probably not, uh, <laughs> not, not have, uh, um, been so, um, yeah, may- maybe that concept would have <laughs> not, yeah. not been the case. Uh, but thankfully it was, and, and we had actually not seen each other or, or been in the same room together, um, for, for over a year. So I think that, um, yeah, the fact that everyone came very well prepared and, um, yeah, the, the excitement of, of being together again. And, um, I don't know. I, uh, the, there was a special energy there, and I, I think we were able to capture that. I think uh, you faced some of the same similar sort of challenges that Tom did with Crypticon when he did the uh, Roadburn Festival with the Metropole Orchestra. In that, if you didn't have somebody as capable as, I, I, if correct me if I mispronounce her name here, Katrine, 
or Katrin, uh, he had Safa Haraji who really helped him deliver that and make that come to life because that female vocal is just crucial. But how, how did you pick Katrine to be your muse, your female vocal muse in that respect, or have you just always worked with her? Ah, uh, you mean Lindy. Lindy, Lindy Bay. was it? Okay, uh, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, she's, yeah, actually, uh, the first time I, I heard her um, uh, was was before I actually, before I even started working with uh, Wadruna and, and I don't know, she has that, uh, well, her, her um, um, she has a background uh, or a heritage as a Sami um, indigenous. Oh, Finland. Um, uh, yeah, or Norway, Norway, Sweden and Finland, you, you oh, have. Right. Okay. You, you you have um uh these people uh, and and um she her, her heritage is comes from there and uh you you really hear it in her voice as well and uh, so first time i heard her i just knew that at some point uh, i i need to have her to to be part of uh of this project and um mm. That I that I at that time was had started envisioning. Uh, so a few years after, when yeah, when I was um, had started doing the first recordings, I um, I approached her and and uh, yeah, invited her uh, to join. And um, the rest is history, I guess. But I don't know. Having she she is just such a force of nature and. Um, and and you you never really know what you're going to get you know you can plan you can plan uh, to a certain uh, degree when we work creatively but um it, it's always wise to just uh, leave the recording going and and uh, <laughs> uh, give her space because i don't know she she has a very unique uh, unique vocal style and unique take on music in general um so she's she's a very important part of uh, of uh, the creative process and yeah very thankful to have her of course okay. katrina is is also um a, a good addition uh, to have she she does the backing vocals and uh, and um, and uh, this first flight of the white raven um uh, recording is actually her first ever performance uh -huh. with us so well, both yeah. do a magnificent job. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's the one thing that struck me is that, gosh, this is a live recording, is it? I mean, if you told me it yeah. was, I understand it was live in studio. I get all of that, but you're still performing it all at the same time. You're not stopping and going back and doing all the usual shenanigans that happen in a bloody studio. You got to go through it all. So, were there no. was there just were, were there just hours of rehearsals to prepare for this? No, actually not, uh, and. Um like I said, when we came into studio, where that was our our first uh, meeting, we all came very well prepared. Uh, there was a one day of pre-production, uh, mm. but uh, all of us weren't present. Uh, and and so when we started doing it, we we basically did one test run, uh, uh, and then uh, then we played through, and um, and sometimes we did it twice. Um, so we had two different versions to to choose from also oh, okay, in terms of this this was a a, 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 a multi-camera production as well so the the camera people needed <laughs> needed uh, their their best shot as well you know so yeah so we did uh, play through it uh, twice 
in most cases with uh, with each song and um and then a third time for for like uh extra camera takes back basically yeah okay gotcha yeah hey when you're composing though for Badruna, i know you, you've got so much going on uh you're also a black metal drummer that's another thing uh that's certainly where i think my awareness of you came about was the uh wasn't gahina sorry it was a uh, gorgoroth sorry gorgoroth wasn't it but when, yeah, when you com- yeah when you're composing music when you're in those very early stages of composition even when you've got a melody in your head and you're just thinking where will this land do you have to choose early that it becomes either Wadruna, you know, one of the Assassin's Creed, you know, for the video game or even the Viking soundtrack? Um, I, that totally depends, you know, when, when I'm working for, for, uh, for, uh, yeah, do, working on a Wadruna album, I, I sort of block, block out everything else and, and my focus is very much there and I, I immediately immediately hear when 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 a song or an idea has the potential of 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 being there um and um yeah so so to answer your question i yeah it, it, i immediately hear hear when uh, uh where to, where to put it and and of course music for assassin's creed um with that project, I worked with a totally different uh, parameter uh, that was more locked into a like a specific time period, uh, which meant um, I, I had to be stricter in terms of of uh, what kind of instrumentation I chose and uh, and so on. You know, it it. it that that had a um a more of a fixed concept um in, in terms of my instrumentation but also in terms of the thematics the the lyrical content and so on whereas with wadruna it's i'm more free you know i i don't for me it, it, it's not about trying to replicate music from any specific time period i use mm-hmm. instrumentation that goes from Stone Age through Bronze Age, Migration mm. Period, Viking Age, Medieval Times, and even modern inputs. You know, so it's it's much more free, and it's basically the the themes themselves that define the instrumental needs, where I record, when I record, what state I'm in when I record, and so on. Um, mm. That is sort of the core quality or, or core creative concept of Wadruna, that it is actually the themes themselves that define all of these parameters mm. of which I, how I, I um, how I record and, and what tools I use. Yeah. Well, you, you clearly have a, a deep and what, what I'd say is a spiritual connection with your Norwegian heritage and, and that part of Scandinavia. What, what was the catalyst for you to, to embrace the culture in the rich and meaningful manner in which you do? Um, well, I actually don't, I don't know. It's, um, or of course I know, but it, it, I guess there are many reasons for it. It's something I've always um, carried with me. I grew up with being exposed to a lot of history. Um, mm. And, and so I got a sense of it, sense of place in, in history. And, and um, um, so when, when, when I started to, to get these, 
to sort of find my own interests for these things and and this these traditions well as a as a young teenager um yeah i i i realized that a lot of these older um these things that i had been exposed to as a child they they were still there um and mm-hmm. so um even though my my and also musically i grew up with a lot of traditional music and and uh, historical music as well so it, it's always been there um so even though i was working with m- various metal projects and so on at uh, when i came into my my early 20s i was sort of done with that part and and uh, um yeah had the need to do something that was more in line with my own interest and passion and heart mm. So and, and and this idea of doing a project like Odruna had been brewing for for a few years. So um, basically, yeah, it, it was kind of born out of a need, both a personal need to do something. Um, I, I had a had a real passion for, uh, but also I don't know the the. Uh, the void of there being uh, music like this, mm. um, who, where, where the themes were, uh, themes and, and traditions were, were interpreted more on their own premises rather than just having a borrow, borrowing small elements here and there, uh, whether it's music mm. or lyrics or imagery, which you find in both traditional music, world music, and um, and metal music for that mm. uh, part that, that there were elements of the old traditions there uh, but I, I yeah my vision was more doing it with both hands um more on their own premises uh, um so that yeah that it was kind of born out of a need both a personal one and and uh, uh yeah the lack of there being such a project yeah, no, I'm hearing you. Yeah, hey, have you had to? I've, I've spoken to Shriegel from Elvedi about this topic, but uh, have you had to deal with those idiots who accuse uh, artists such as yourself, who you know dive into your rich, rich heritage, Norwegian heritage, European heritage? Have you had to deal with those idiots that accuse you of being a white nationalist or a Nazi or any of that bullshit? Um. Uh, only on a few occasions because I've I've been very out, outspoken. You know, here in Norway, after World War Two, um, working with part, like the runes and and certain mm. symbols and and parts of that tradition has been um, a very touchy subject, uh, after, especially after World War Two. Um, mm. And uh, so when you do such thing like I, I did you you automatically have to defend yourself or or prove that oh, yeah. that this is a this is a serious project we're not political it's uh, yeah it's about something else uh and and so that is something i i basically had to do from day one uh um, not that it was ever like a focus but but i, I was put in the spot where i had to like uh, defend defend my work and, and, and yeah that's that was kind of not a problem so i i think even though uh, certain people have uh, uh, 
have uh, from time to time there are, there has been these silly accusations um i don't know <laughs> you can you can just google me and and yeah. Runa and and that theme and and i think um uh, i think you won't have have any trouble finding uh, uh, yeah hundreds of statements of of, of me <laughs> telling yeah, gotcha. where, where where i stand politically so it has never really been a, been an issue but of course there are people who who uh who want you to do this and that and um yeah there have, has been also threats you know uh, from from uh, the extreme left uh, where where oh, yeah. and uh, where where they sort of want to um yeah, if you don't do this and uh, don't do that, we're gonna uh, do do a campaign campaign on you. But yeah. I don't know. I don't give a give a shit. I, I do my thing. And, and no, they're just uh, cowards. Like, they're just cowards hiding behind keyboards. Yeah, I have to say the the threats go both ways, and and um, um, and, and the, the, <clears throat> yeah, I d- I don't have a have a have a need to to. Uh, defend myself uh, for these things people people know where i stand and where we stand well you, you've got an extraordinary talent uh with with your comp- your compositional talents i mean in the past life you must have been you know you must have you know spent years in austria or in uh, vienna or something like that because you've just got this wonderful gift at the moment which you're bringing to people and it is making a difference for people i hope you know that no doubt you get that feedback and it's music that i love to listen to in the in the still of the night it helps me uh go from here when i've been working on the laptop too much with the job down to about here and i'm, I'm sure that's like that for a lot of people thank you thank you so much for that and it, it is truly um um special to to see that so many people are are connecting to to the music on a personal level that of course means a lot um uh, yeah if you're it's it's like the the best one can hope for that uh, people connect to it and and find inspiration within the art uh, so it's 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 wonderful i'd love to see you down here i don't know whether that could ever happen but uh, you have an audience here yeah i i know and and uh, it is something that uh yeah, um, I definitely see it in, in the pipeline, and and uh, Wonderful. Uh, yeah. at, at some point we'll definitely come down, yeah. come and visit down under. <laughs> we look forward to that day, mate. You're very welcome to come down whenever you want. There's certainly going to be a crowd there for you. So, uh, look, congratulations on everything thus far. Long may you continue to compose such beautifully orchestral, and uh, you know with this, this wonderful Norwegian and Scandinavian uh, narrative that you've got there. It's a joy to listen to. Thank you so much, sir. Well, there he is, Einar Selvik from the group Wadruna. Thanks for listening. I hope you like reading because I've written a book. Go across to scarsandguitars.com, click on the link in the banner and you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice. You know the rest. You know what to do from there. Buy it or don't, I don't mind, but at least you can download a sample. If you do purchase it though, hit me up because I want to thank you personally as plenty of you have, have already, well, Hardly anybody's hit me up to let me know they've bought it, but people have bought it, so I appreciate it. All right, there's some more information to share with you about the book in the sec, but before we get to that, I'll bid you a fond farewell. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. I'm the host of this Guys and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it's a goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. 
I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Coal Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Coal Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded and, and he was into having his, his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.